Hi, it's Mike Church, founder of the Veritas Radio Network and the Crusade Channel. Maybe you didn't know this, so let me clue you in. We are a listener-owned radio enterprise, meaning we're the little guy, the underdog, a David in a stadium full of fake news goliaths. So, in exchange for your listening to this awesome preview of one of our shows, Puddles Pity Party Promise Me, you'll download our free app and use it to listen to that show when it's live. And number two, consider joining us and becoming a paying Founders Pass member by going to crusadechannel.com and clicking the Join button at the top of any page. Now that's not asking too much, is it? So go ahead, relax, and enjoy the following feast of original programming exclusively here on the Crusade Channel, King Size Truth from Radio Size Speakers. So today, of all days for you to be on this show, this is like a holy high heresy day, if they're correct, right? Well, absolutely. If, uh, I mean, if they were correct, though, they could also show that from, from the work of history, and, you, and they can't, because there's too much historical information that, again, just doesn't penetrate to the textbooks. So, so therefore, it doesn't exist. We can just write it off. But, you know, as we mentioned, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff when you get into archives and you look at what was actually going on that just absolutely vindicates the at least in as much as, you know, the church still preached the Bible. People were making commentary in the Bible. Luther himself was enlisted to teach the Bible from 1511 until 1517. He taught the Bible. So the whole idea that he'd never seen a Bible before is just, you know, it's just asinine, really. And it's just not at all, you know, the case. I mean, it might be plausible that he had never seen, like, a printed codex or, like, the full thing all laid out in one book, that might theoretically be possible. And, like, the, the, the best university in the time was Erfurt. And uh, when he was a student at Erfurt, he was only a bachelor's student. And in those days, you know, you, you couldn't get in to be messing around with manuscripts yet until you'd taken at least your master's, which he got later. So, uh, you know, so it's theoretically possible he didn't actually get to look at the codex. But that's a different thing from saying you never saw the Bible, which often would be in different books, main, you know, for study and commentary, right? And so... It is religious life and everything, but anyway, let's go further, though. Sure, let's do it. So then, so then, uh, indulgences. The church was corrupt and and selling indulgences all the, to make money. Now, of course, this one's true, and this one you can't get out of as far as the sa- the sale of indulgences and some of the corruption. Sure. So, um, and, and there's there's no reason we should want to is to you know do anything except for you know exclaim the truth, you know. And yeah, it happened. But let's talk about what an indulgence is. So a lot of people think they, the church you know, basically says, give us money and you'll go to heaven. You're, you're going to go straight to heaven. And um, you, know, you won't go to hell. We'll get, you, uh, we'll get your relatives out of hell and get them into heaven. <laughs> and a lot of people think that. It is simply not true. So an indulgence is from the Latin indulgentia, which means forgiveness or pardon. And what happens is whenever you sin in theology, whenever you sin, there are two effects. One is eternal, that's your damnation, and the other is temporal, right? It's punishment you undergo as a result of the sin. That's the things you endure in this life, the, the bad things in the world, bad effects from sins that necessarily follow Okay. at some point or in some way. So when you go to confession, your eternal punishment is remitted, 
but your temporal punishment remains, and that's why you get a penance. So the penance is to be done to assist in remitting your temporal punishment, okay, and the things that have to be suffered in this life. If you die without having made satisfaction for that temporal punishment, then that's why you'll end up in purgatory, because the purgatory, the, its existence is for one thing only, to satisfy that temporal punishment for sin. So now, with the church, now be, at least when you're on earth, the church has the power to apply the, you know, the merits of Christ and the saints to, you know, basically reducing the temporal punishment of sinners in purgatory, okay, of people who are there, who are now there. Now, everyone in purgatory is saved, so just in case you have Protestant listeners really confused about what Catholics teach and think purgatory is like second chance or some, some weird made-up thing, all the fathers <laughs> teach purgatory. And even the Greek fathers, because today you get a lot of Greek Orthodox who deny purgatory, but the Greek Orthodox, they're, they're Greek fathers of the Church, like St. Basil and St. John Chrysostom, St. Gregory Nazanzi, they all confess purgatory. And it's based on this principle, right? It's, it's, something, it's a place where your uh, temporal punishment is, is satisfied. So the Church, because the Pope you know, has you know, temporal authority in all things spiritual, he has the power to give an indulgentia, forgiveness, and likewise bishops do too in, in certain ways in their diocese, for certain charitable good acts uh, that, you know, will remit your temporal punishment for sin. 